Oh, hello there. My name's Frank Waller. I'm just recording this voice memo real quick while I take a break from my Joe job as uh, the tour guide on Halifax, Nova Scotia's prided Harbor Hopper. <laughs> You're probably wondering what I'm doing talking to you. Well, <laughs> I started having dreams. In those dreams, I was receiving blueprints of a sort for some kind of machine. And so, I mean, in my spare time, I started building it. And over, what was it, weeks, months, eventually, I finished it. And it turned on. I mean, it's not even plugged into anything. I, I don't know where it's drawing its power from. But started showing me all sorts of weird stuff, like uh, wizards and kobolds and some kind of weird raven lady. And, well, I, I hear all of those things exist partially because of you all. So, great patrons of the machine, I'm here to thank you. Columbine the Minotaur, Michael Appleby, Hudson Miles, Robert Hawks. Thank you very much. And pay no mind to those cracks that seem to be forming in your walls, spewing light out onto the floor and strange sigils and whatnot. Just go about your day. Christopher Dunn, Nick Scott, Ian Ford, Gullitice, and Matthew Smets. Thank you for your patronage. Much safer to pay patronage to these people that seem to only have goals for entertainment and make-believe, rather than something watching you from far out in the depths of space with motivations you couldn't possibly understand. Mary Rain, Chris Walsh, Christopher Bruce, and Mike Hammond. So kind of you to support these people in their endeavors. That kindness is beautiful and dangerous. Why did I say that? I, I Oh boy. Michael Pollard, Jason Campbell, Michelle B., Heather Romancic, and Noreen Elizabeth. You're really keeping the gears turning on this whole thing, and <laughs> let me tell you something about gears. Once they start turning, you start screaming. Robert Andrews, David Forsey, Heather Baird, you just keep doing what you're doing. Unless what you're doing is waking up, chanting, and singing, and then finding yourself straining to hear if there will be a response from the dark of your room. Then, you know, don't do that. Cheryl Nash, Chelsea Dab, and Shell Scott. You're at the end of the list here, but that doesn't mean we love you any less. In fact, all lists are endless. We simply choose to stop talking sometimes. Well, I feel pretty good about how that went. Now, if you'll excuse me, they're throwing a memorial party for Theodore the Tugboat, and they've got a boat out there full of meat and cheese, like a, like a little model boat, and it's just, oh, it's delightful. I'll let you get back to your fantasies, as I guess... I return to mine. Mm, goodbye. Previously on Wonders and Blunders, Brian Rowan finally figured out how to activate the Cloud Gate, which seemed to be connected to the storm giant city of Lartok, but before they could make their way there to teleport themselves away from this dead city, they were confronted by a storm giant who had already walked through and who viewed them as trespassers and thieves. Meanwhile, Ben, Kara, Star, and Valen had defeated one of Lilia's scouting parties. While trying to rest, Kara found herself transported into the dreams of Diglin, where she was able to calm a terrible nightmare that was striking her. They then made their way towards the river to initiate plan Eel Team 6 and free their kidnapped comrades. It's episode 100, everybody. Welcome. We rejoin the party now, getting ready to step inside the bag of holding and initiate their grand scheme. On this week's episode of Wonders and Blunders...
shall we tell Kara the plan? Yes, mm-hmm. I think I think it would be great to know what I should do today. We'll need you to prepare the ability to give us um, underwater breathing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And ideally, you will be able to shapeshift into um, perhaps an, a water eel or some form of uh, aquatic, mobile, stealthy animal. I think Ben Ben saunters up like sleepily and he says, "Are we telling Are we telling care of the plan?" Mobile, <laughs> yes. aquatic, stealthy. So, uh, <laughs> you remember that river that was running through the middle of the thing? Yep. Yeah, so we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna enter through there, but uh, that's what we were checking out last night. And uh, so we all so we want you to swim us up there. How I can't carry people when I'm an eel. Ah, but you can carry people when they're hiding inside of a bag of holding. <laughs> Fuck! Ah. God damn it! I almost made it. <laughs> you almost made it. <laughs> Do you want to try it again? Yeah, let's take it back. Let's take it back. Yeah. Yeah. You can ah, but you can carry people when they're when they're inside of a bag of holding. <laughs> inside a bag of holding? Yes. Yeah. So we, you make us breathe in water. We fill the bag with water. We get in the bag. You hold the bag. You turn into we thought maybe an eel, and then we'll be in the bag. In the water, in you, as an eel, in the water. And then you swim, you swim, uh, you swim us up. We get uh-huh. into the, we get into the cavern, and uh, we turn back. You dump, you dump us out, and then we're inside. Sneaky, no one's out of coming. Do people survive inside bags of holding? Well, you, sounds... you were probably wondering why we were climbing inside and out of the bag of holding yesterday, and now you have your answer. <laughs> Um, yes, and we, we imagine that if we are breathing water and the bag is full of water, we will actually have more time to breathe. And if something happens and we're trapped underwater and we have to get out of the bag, we won't die too. That wasn't part of the original plan, but it just occurred to me. And <laughs> seems like... Thinking, ben. Um, yeah, if you want this... a tip, Benjamin, yeah. when something like that occurs to you, act as though you had thought of it. <laughs> is that what you do? Uh, well, all the know, time. Uh, <laughs> in certain situations, it, it can help to uh, appear as though you have your shit together. Ben, Ben's eyebrows raised. <laughs> just duly noted. That's a good lesson for a teenager, I think, for sure. <laughs> so how does that sound? <laughs> well, um, I guess it's probably worth a try. She probably won't be expecting us to she come up the river. She certainly won't there's expect no, it. That's it. That was no the way. main reason we liked this plan. And you're sure you were okay in the bag? Yeah, like pretty sure, yeah. 90% <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, we got in there. We hung out in there for a while. We could even hear one another. Yeah, we could communicate. Okay, that's, I mean, that's a good sign. And also, uh, we're able to get out under our own power. Like, we can reach up and pull ourselves out of the bag. We tried that, too. So, like, okay. if, you, if something happens to you and you drop the bag or something, we can still get out. It's no big deal. Well, we didn't test if we could get out if the bag is tied shut. Yeah, sure. Why fine. would it be tied shut? <laughs> yeah, why would it be tied shut? Keep the water in and out. 
Yeah, we're underwater. Who cares? Okay. Well, I guess the water breathing's no problem. Um, you might be cold, though. I'm used to that. Oh, this uh, sounds stressful. Um, <laughs> was it straightforward to go go inside? Was it a simple route? No, it wasn't <laughs> simple. <laughs> and yes, I. Hmm. How will I communicate to you the path that I took inward? I could try to draw it. Does message work from inside of a bag of holding? I mean, he's technically within 30 feet. <laughs> also uh, technically within infinite not feet. <laughs> <laughs> does message work on different... Uh, it does work on different planes, right? As long as you can see who you're targeting, right? So, yeah. It, so, mm. I don't think... Okay, we used it through the ethereal plane. Yes. <laughs> I think we were cheating when we did that. Right. Um, but if you... like, Because it, it's... Uh, where is it? You can cast this spell through solid objects if you are familiar with the target and know it is beyond the barrier. Hmm. I would magical, say yes, then. Magical silence, one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three foot of wood blocks the spell. The spell doesn't have to follow a straight line and can travel freely around corners or through openings. I mean, the bag does have an opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think I, I do think so. I, I think the reason it worked on the ethereal plane is because the ethereal is literally laid on top of the material, mm-hmm. um, and there's no, ain't no rule says a draft can't play basketball, and <laughs> uh, I, I think the same thing applies here. It sounds like according to all that, because most spells that can't be cast interplanar say that. Mm-hmm. That's true, right? So I, I think the fact that it and doesn't say it, it's just in almost all cases, you, you don't would know be further matter. away. Yeah. 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 Almost yeah. all the time, it would not, it would not make sense for you to be able to. So yes, you can communicate while inside the bag with message. However, you wouldn't be peering out of the bag unless like, oh, I'm going to imagine this. <laughs> The eel swimming along, and you poke yes. your head out. Head yes. out. <laughs> <laughs> the eel swimming along with Valen's eye. Just Valen's eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely it, right? That's how it's going to happen. That's I think. Boom. <laughs> okay, there uh, we go. This, this solves the, uh, the issue of why we would ever tie the bag around the eel, too. Yeah. There you go. Fucking uh, little uh, Valen periscope. And when we get to tight spots, I'll just... Duck my head inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we there's room, I'll poke it back out. Yeah. Yeah. This is science, right. you guys. Like this is just <laughs> this is a foolproof plan. There's no yeah. uh, got this there's down no to way. the finest detail. Oh yeah. Absolutely. People always say, like, oh, don't give your party a bag of holding. <laughs> break the game. <laughs> I was like, they're overreacting. <laughs> I mean, if you hadn't given us a bag of holding, we couldn't have come up with this plan. And it's great. So So. those people are fools. Uh, Continue. Sorry to have slowed you down. (laughs) (laughs) Easy peasy. Sounds like sounds like a plan. Um, Do we come out in the river uh, in the cavern? I was able to locate a a tunnel blocked by brambles. um, So one would imagine that should lead towards Lilia how exactly it connects uh, I was not able to ascertain oh, 
Okay. Well, so from that point, you're kind of leading the, the way. But can uh, can Kara dump us out when we get to the other side, or do does she have to go? It looked as though she would be able to fit through the brambles, and that would be faster. Oh, okay. Well, that then that seems fair. When we when we reach there, I I could once again um, cast my my invisible eye and and take a peek uh, ahead of us and uh, see what's there. Hmm. I mean, we do know that the river the river does go through there, so maybe maybe it's just a different path. Yes, yeah, a different branch. That's the hope. <laughs> And since it's full of brambles, I mean, come on, it's almost certainly Lilia's doing. I had a bad dream about brambles last night. Did you? Yeah. I didn't think we were allowed to dream without the DM telling us so. <laughs> oh, please dream without me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never dream without you. <laughs> that sounds like a, an anniversary card. <laughs> I'll never dream without you. Every dream that's not described by Mike for Valen is just Valen in a white room. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes open, just staring ahead. I only give you plot dreams. <laughs> what, what was your dream, Benjamin? It was us, and we were in the cave, and we were fighting Lilia, and I was... I was tied up in brambles and she was fighting Diglin and she killed Diglin and I couldn't stop her. That sounds pretty horrible. And then we all, everyone, everyone died and I couldn't, I couldn't get to you. That must have been very scary. (sighs) Yeah, it was like I was trying to run, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't reach you guys. It was like my... It's like my my feet were made of rocks. But remember, just because we've foreseen something doesn't mean it will always be that way. I can take it from Valen. He's the expert on on these matters. Yeah, I know. But what's bothering me is that is when the dreams are real. Which they sometimes are. And that's the chance we have to take. But we do everything in our power to fight for the outcome that we desire. Yeah, I don't believe in this uh, future mumbo-jumbo anyway. You have control of your own destiny, Benjamin. Don't don't listen to this dream wizard. That's literally <laughs> what I was just telling him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you use such big words. I, I don't understand. Why is... Yeah, I got lost too. When you use words like that, I immediately disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're missing out on, on, on quite a lot of wisdom yeah. that way. Yeah, I'll show you some wisdom and then start like throws yeah. a plate and throws his dagger at it. <laughs> <laughs> Scores the plate perfectly in midair and then summons the plate with the dagger back to his hand. <laughs> this is Lilia's head today. And then jams the dagger down on the earth. That's, that's, that's the spirit. Yep. Um, okay. Uh. Can I try? Yeah, go for it, Benjamin. And he picks up picks up Valen's plate and throws it. <laughs> <laughs> and Van is like, I don't have a dagger yet. And the plate just hits the ground. Yeah. Smashes. Yuri mix goes everywhere. <laughs> it's just, yeah, a big plate of nuts and berries. Yeah. I wasn't finished with that. <laughs> There's just illusory chocolate chips floating in front of Valen where the plate used to be. <laughs> Well, all right, uh, and I stand up and like brush off the like nuts that have like landed on my uh, my lap. So who's coming? I'm. I am. 
Uh, is four of us. Diglin. And Yuri is staying here with Dust? And Fezrik. Dust and Fezrik. And Sky. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, watch, we'll watch the homestead. Me and Sky and Fezrik in the worlds will keep an eye on Dust, make sure she doesn't pull something sneaky. Uh, or at least if she does pull something sneaky, she'll kill all of us or have to kill all of us to take dust, which, uh, you know, no guarantees, but we'll do our damnest. You're awfully good at reassuring us, Yuri. Well, just make sure Lily is in there with you and then she can't freeze the cabin again. Honestly, I'm just banking on the cabin eating everything that comes close to it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Hopefully, hopefully that'll work. Lily will have her hands full with us, so I, I don't think... And I expect she's, she's going to be waiting for us, I expect. <laughs> It doesn't matter what she wants us for. Let's, let's go. Yeah, she's asking for you. I'd say, uh, oblige. Her mistake. Mm-hmm. That's right. Guys. Hmm? Um, if Lilia gets me. Would, let's not uh, open with this. I'll, I'll use uh, that poison spell that you used on me. Yeah? You. Yeah. Okay. But if she does turn me into, start turning me into a monster, can you guys just not, not let that happen? I can do the poison removal. We'll, we'll be okay. It's not going to come to that, Benjamin. Yeah, but if it does, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of her toys. We, we won't let her keep you. You won't be. You have my word. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll get my I'll get my stuff. And Ben, yeah, runs off to uh, his wagon. Um, yeah. So everybody gathering their stuff, getting ready to go. The mimic lowers back down. Um, Star, uh, Sky, and Dust are sort of standing with you. Should we Should we take the cabin down to the hot springs? It's a better place for recovering if something happens. How many ravens are around us right now? Uh, right now you're in a clearing with no trees. Um, you can see one sitting in a tree far away. Personally, I'd rather not give her the eyes on us. If we're trying to sneak in through there, we don't want to point her direction, uh, her attention. How, there. However, what we can say maybe is. To, you know, an hour or so after we leave from here, Yuri takes the cabin over there, towards there. Will do. At, That's reasonable. At which point they won't matter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One way or the other, we'll try to meet at, at the hot springs. Yes. Good idea. Agreed. And yeah, uh, Sky just grabs your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I know. I'll bring her home. And then Starlick Ben sounded us. And he's like, You uh You make sure all these uh all these folks stay safe, huh? I'm going to kill anything that comes within ten feet of this cabin. And he takes a he takes a little dagger that he seems to have squirreled away from you at an earlier date <laughs> and throws it at the wall and it just bounces hilt off and goes spinning off. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, if they had been ten feet away from that wall. Would have been the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Dust. Just uh, keep practicing while I'm gone, okay? Okay. 
uh, and he hands you a little sheet of paper uh, that is a picture of you very gruesomely stabbing the shit out of Lilia. <laughs> She's just kind of a like a stick figure crow. Thank uh, you. You know, I know what I'm going to do with this. And then Star folds it up and puts it in his pocket. So setting off from the cabin across, uh, it lumbers back up to its full height as you walk away. Uh, and soon enough, you find yourselves at the mouth of the river. Where I cast, as a ritual, um, water breathing. Yeah, I think while you're doing that, whom, whom flits out of the mist and lands on Star's shoulder. Ah, for freak's sake, stupid bird. What? I, I wish to accompany you. Uh, well. okay, well, if you're willing to get wet, that's fine. I, I can, I can am. extend <laughs> this spell to cover all of us. There's, how many are there? Uh, Benjamin, would it be okay with you if I accompanied the party? And Ben, like, kind of just, like, looks away pointedly, and he's like, whatever. Very good. And like, home kind of grumpily fluffs up his feathers and, and uh, squats down on your shoulder. Hey, it's okay, brother. I'm sorry. Come, come on. You can come along. We can use all the eyes. We can use all the eyes we have. My eyes are my best feature. Does anyone have something that I should cast daylight on? It can go in the bag, and then when you all get dumped out, it'll be lit up. That's a good idea. What about what about Star's dagger? Will that be distracting, Star? Probably, but probably in all the right ways. Can you cast it on the blade of the dagger? And then it will only, you know, like... Star like pulls it out of the pulls it out of its scabbard and puts it back in. I will give it a try. I will try to cast daylight. How long on... does it last? Wait, hold on. Actually, how long does it last? Um. So I've cast water breathing. Uh, daylight lasts an hour. An hour. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. It'll, okay. It'll last an hour. Um. So hopefully we'll be there and be done by then, right? Well, we don't know for sure. What what if we waited until we got out? I might want to cast, like, a giant ring of fire as soon as I get there instead, you know? Yeah, Ben's eyes widen. Okay. Yes. We don't know what we're going into, Benjamin, so uh, I think that we should just go in as fast as we can and... This seems like good preparation. Prepare for the worst. Um, Okay. Um, Speaking of preparation, I will cast Mage Armor. (laughs) It's your boy, Mage Mm -hmm. Armor. So, light on the dagger. Tried it in the scabbard. Does the light go away? Uh, So, Kara, just make a spell casting check. Check. 17. 17, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you concentrate and manage to, in your mind, as you're concentrating on the dagger, you manage to separate it into its individual parts uh, Mm -hmm. and cast it only on the blade. So, when star sheets it the daylight is gone okay amazing perfect all right um we should all be good for water breathing uh okay hold on and ben drops to his knees and sticks his head in the river <laughs> and then pulls Aye. his head out 
It, it, it works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Just water beating off his feathers. Am I going to need to walk, or can I swim all the way there? As far as I could tell, you could swim most of the way. Uh, wait, you said there was a, like, a waterfall at some point? There is a well, little waterfall. Um, it's going to take some eel propulsion to get up. <laughs> so that, you think that would be possible, or, or should I suggest like having the ability to climb? It might be possible. Uh, you, it, the, the room is also big enough that you could get out of the bag. But if you have something that can swim and climb, I feel like that's always good. So I, yeah, I, I passed that along <sighs> to, to uh, Kara. There is a small jump required. If you're not confident in the eel's ability to do that, maybe being able to climb up would help. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it well. There was a there was a water snake, but it does just hold its breath. What about an octopus? Oh, that's a good idea. I, I don't know if you can do it. I'm just guessing. I think I saw one when Rowan and I were crossing. Let me try. Yeah, I think the, the good thing about traveling with Rowan is that you got a good look at every sea creature that came by. Because <laughs> he saw all of them and did not Pointed let you them not out. see them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty an sure octopus. that I saw a lot of sea creatures. Everything that is like an immensely rare deep sea animal. <laughs> yeah, that would make it untying the bag easier, too. That's true, and I, I'd be much better at holding it than the eel would. Uh, let's see if there's stats for an octopus. There certainly are. There stats. Are. Eight arms. All. <laughs> All danger. Eight, eight arms. All rage is what I was going to say for some reason. One of those little octopus that carries coconuts. Little, yeah. little squeezy. Put on his hands. Yeah. A little, little squeezy little octopus um, with color changing. So Kara transforms into an octopus and holds out a hand with a bag of holding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sort of, I, I look at you and say, would you like to hold it or shall we try to affix it to you? Uh, into your head? Oh, um, I have plenty of spare arms. Very good. And uh, Valen hops in. <laughs> the octopus very politely holding the bag open <laughs> as you all are able to step in. Yep. Oh, and like Ben is like, hasn't gone in there yet. <laughs> he's like lowering himself in and he's like holding himself at the waist, just like on the ground. He's like, oh, this is so weird. And, and <laughs> drops in. D- yeah. Diglin is just like standing there the whole time with her hands on her hips. And she's just like, oh, we're fucking dead. And <laughs> <laughs> climbs inside. <laughs> Good luck, little one. And whom just does a little twirl in the air and dive bomb straight in. All right. I go for a swim. And yeah, from inside, I think I'll cast message to Kara and say, can you hear me? And, and I can. can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. Um, we're on our way. Excellent. Um, when you reach the first fork, take the path on the left. I'm gonna do that. So as the octopus splorts into the water, uh, the bag very slowly starts to fill up with water. Um, so all of you inside, um, it's it's not a not a rush, but seeping through the bag all around you, it starts to fill up, slowly filling up this 500 square foot space. 
inside this extra dimensional bag. <laughs> uh, the water is freezing, but it's slow enough that, you know, you have time to lose feeling in your feet before it gets up to the next part. It, it's, you know, that part where it gets to your chest and you don't want it to oh, go over your chest. Yeah. So you're standing on your tiptoes and you mean, eventually just you have You mean to your upper legs, right? I like, was going to say the upper legs. <laughs> upper legs first. Yeah. Upper legs yeah. first. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> upper legs is, is really where I start to, <laughs> to take, take gentle steps. Uh, and then the eel or the octopus starts to make its way up through the tunnel. You see that first turn, you make your left difficult moving. Like in some points when it gets really narrow, you have to kind of squeeze right through in the current, but with your suction potty arms, you're able to pull yourself right through. Mm -hmm. uh, the bag on the inside, like as the octopus squeezes through these places, does like, you can feel it constrict, like you can feel the walls on the outside through the bag, um, but not enough to cause you any discomfort. Just enough to slosh things, right? <laughs> yeah, Ben. Ben is like, Wait, why didn't we fill this with the hot water from the spring? We were right there. <laughs> you were right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you, uh, so ma making your way forward, th there was going to be some skill checks here, but you did good scouting. So I think with uh, going back and forth between Valen, like having scouted it out with the eye and the octopus being able to communicate back, you make it into the room that Valen had scouted after about 20 minutes of movement. Uh, and with the bag fully filled up now with the water breathing, you're not feeling any difficulty breathing at this point where you've already doubled the amount of time that normally you'd be able to spend inside this bag. Has Valen been poking his head out to look around to give directions? <laughs> I, it, it, yeah, if there were like, uh, like caverns where there were a couple like tunnels uh, leading out, I, I, yeah, absolutely would like swim up to the entrance or reach out and sort of like peek out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, you peek out and mortify a bunch of fish <laughs> as just a human head next to an octopus. Um, <laughs> like an octopus carrying a bag with a human head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But really only having to do that to remind yourself of, like, the, the tactile memory of actually being there. Because mostly yeah. going back and forth with description, you're able to guide most of the way. So only having to poke your head into the stream a couple of times. Amazing. is upsetting because, like, as your body heat warms up the water, a new fresh flush of terribly cold water comes in every time you open the bag. At least that cold water is oxygenated well. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um. So you make your way into the cavern with the waterfalls. You can see that it is um, probably two feet up from this pool that leads to another pool where the water continues. Let me just have a look ahead, uh, and I'll cast Arcane Eye. Okay. Um, so poking out your head, uh, the eye invisibly materializes. And I'll send it up through the brambles. Okay. Uh, so up through the brambles, there are a couple of twists and turns, uh, a couple of tighter areas, but still not as tight as anything you've gone through thus far. This opening is quite a bit larger, but choked with brambles. After about 10 minutes of moving forward, the eye surfaces, and you can see the familiar room holding the Stardance Gate. Uh, and looking around in this area, uh, you can see uh, light 
and Bito are on this side of the room. So the where the river exits, they are about 15 feet over from you. Uh, make a perception check. 21. 21. There are blue torches lit up in here, uh, which, which is giving like some areas of light, some dim light. And skulking around the edges of some of those torches, you see that there are two of those bird hounds with riders inside. And they are not, they're not guarding the river. They're actually, they're watching the door that leads further out into the tunnels um, up above on the uh, walkway that led in here before. So, uh, so they're a level above us? They're a level, a level above you, yeah. And yeah. so on, on one side, the side that you came in previously, you can see there are two of those hounds and two darklings riding them. And on the other side of the bridge, which has now been covered over with brambles, uh, you can see that there are five of the smaller darklings watching the other side. And in the center of the room, tinkering at a sort of workbench, you see Lilia. And she is crouched over and working with this jar. And she lays it on the ground and opens it. And you see a bunch of swirling blue ghostly energy swirl out of it and start to flow into the outside of the gate. And it activates uh, so that the triangular gate on the inside just becomes this twilight blue. And this pink light shines in from the other side, illuminating the room and illuminating Lilia as she stands in front of it. Uh, brambles immediately spring from it and start swirling around the room, uh, enveloping one of the darklings immediately and like grabbing the workbench and starting to haul it towards the gate, uh, at which point it sputters and the gate closes, chopping all of the brambles in half as they squirm on the ground and then slowly work their way into the stone in the river below and start to take their place among the others in the room. And Lilia screeches out in frustration. She then dissolves into ravens and flies up and out of the room to the left. The, uh, the direction of the, the, the hounds. two hounds. Yeah. So the gate is low, right? Below the gate like is below on the, the on, bridge. Not the okay. Yeah. And just for clarity's sake, um, the tunnel that we're looking that Balin's gone down, it's a dry tunnel, and then there's like also a river. That appears no, to go I came back out of the, the river. Came out of the river. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, the two like it's 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 lowered. Then there's the two rivers that'll make like an eye. You said right, like they make a yeah. So the river comes up here, splits, like goes eyeball. around the gate. Okay. Right? So from above, it looks like an eyeball, and then goes out the other side. Okay. Yeah. So I would um, leave the eye there in that room. Um, but sort of like bring my attention back to the present uh, place. And uh, I would re recount that to the rest of the, the group saying, I, I see light and Baito, and I believe if we're extremely stealthy, we might be able to retrieve them and escape without a confrontation. 
Um, Seems like a good idea. I would have to cast the ritual again for them to be water breathing. <clears throat> Can you do that as an octopus? No. Can you turn back into an octopus? A- after you do it? M- maybe, yeah. If okay, we've so got it's a not chance on her here, I think we should take it. I kind of agree with Diglin. I think that uh, we're in the best situation now to get the drop on her. And we should end it once and for all. She's been working with that... The portal. Right? <clears throat> yes, we, we might want to remove that as well. I'd be very careful with it. I, I believe if we open it, we might open the portal, which we do not want to do. And, um, we also, like, if Rowan and Bree have access to a portal that might connect to it or something, um, or that could be connected to it, we don't want Liliet to be in, in control of it. So, we're going after her? Yeah, yeah. All right. But, I mean, we could maybe cut down Fido and Light first. Absolutely, yes. All right, let's go. Okay. Everybody um, ready to go? Let's go. We've got to go pee. (laughs) Is that Mitchell or Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, no one ever no one ever has to go pee before a battle. Like you would, right? You'd be nervous. I mean you're also like in cold water right now. You definitely right. final have to pee. confrontation of this fucking first season. Not the time to have the conversation. I want to warn Is everybody this ready? This part is one paragraph in my notes. And we have been recording for an hour and a half to put five people in a bag and attach it to an octopus. It took an hour and a half. (laughs) Off we go. (laughs) Kara pats Valen's head and with her tentacle (laughs) pushes him back back down into the bag. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the octopus, yeah, you're able to just climb up the wall with your little tentacles, mm-hmm. uh, plop into the next pool, and then start your way up through the center of all of these brambles. Uh, a fairly gentle stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't provide much resistance as you make your way up. After about ten minutes, you find yourself into the next area uh, in this room, just below the surface. Looking up above, you can see the blue light sort of illuminating this side of the room. Okay. Um, I am going to, uh, be very stealthy about approaching where Light and Vito are. Okay. And then when I get there, uh, I'll pull the bag up on shore and dip one of my tentacles in and beckon. Hmm. Just, like, wiggle it in a summoning gesture <laughs> in the bag. Uh, so just make a stealth check. Okay. Does have to be pretty stealthy? They are quite stealthy when they're in the water, at least. 
Uh, I have... <laughs> yeah, not so much when they're on the ground. <laughs> yeah, on the ground. <laughs> 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 just, just comes out, reaches into the bag of holding, puts on a trench coat, uh, <laughs> fedora. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have advantage on stealth checks when I'm in a in a pond or whatever. That is a 19. A... 19, okay. <laughs> so you, yeah, managed to make your way out uh, the, the nasty sound of an octopus making its way across... Some rocks is covered by the sounds of a wet cave, mm-hmm. uh, shockingly similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you manage to get yourself into like a little pool of water right under Light and Vito. So you guys sitting in the bag see the octopus's tentacles go, come on, come on, uh, from the top of the uh, bag. Yeah, Ben swims up and yep. pokes his head yep. out stealthily. Ditto. Yeah, so everybody make a stealth check as you exit the bag. Kassar and Ben do, like, pop, try to get out at the same time, and their <laughs> two heads come out, and then they go. Hey, hey, we're in the climatic moment here. <laughs> yeah, no, no Three Stooges? No Three Stooges? Well, that was right. earlier. We, we got that out of the way earlier. Now we are being super serious about yeah, our yes. escape from the cloud car. Okay. <laughs> I, I... I won't diffuse my <laughs> my fear with humor. <laughs> well, just wait until you roll. When you roll bad, then you can clown car it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I rolled a 20, not natural. Okay. Oh. I did a five. Five. <laughs> 14. 14, okay. So one by one, you climb out of the bag. I think, Ben, as you climb out, your shield slips on your back and just clangs off of a rock creating a metallic ring into the room uh, and you hear a few growls from above as you see the raven hounds turn and look down at the group of you (sighs) everyone's aware we're all aware of this I'm sure yeah. Yep. Star yeah. Just... All of you hear it. It is it is the, the helmet falling down the well moment. Yep. You all right. hear the ring go out. Kara Star pulls himself out of the river and just draws his weapons. Turns <laughs> back into Kara and casts Wall of Fire. Okay, roll initiative. It's <laughs> <laughs> the saddest wall of fire ever. Wall of fire. It's not a sad wall of fire. It's a disappointed wall of fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just I expected better of you. <laughs> the depths around Kratok light up with the activation of the cloud gate and with threatening bolts of lightning arcing off a very alive storm giant standing off against Rowan and Bree, furious at their intrusion. This is the last time I will say it. Return the way you came or die. And I, uh, I, I, I guess my shoulders sort of droop and my eyebrows kind of go down. You know, well, that's not a possibility. So I, I guess this is going to have to play out the other way. And, and I'll pull the whip out from behind my back as well and, and just sort of brace myself for what's coming. Bree is in an aggressive growl after that lightning bolt and just brandishing Kabul in her hands. Okay, roll initiative. 15. 15. 19. 19. It's my highest initiative roll yet, I think. 
Okay, so Bree, as you pick up the axe again, it again feels perfectly light in your hands, even though it's almost the size of you, it feels like it wants to be swung. And as soon as your hands connect with it again, you hear in your head, coward, deserter, every time you look at this giant. And Rowan, it is your turn. All right, so he's carrying his sword with two hands. Paint, paint me a picture. So he is standing about halfway through the residential area. So the houses that you've sort of torn, torn to pieces, he is standing on the rubble of this destroyed barrier. He has this big notched sword in two hands, which is now crackling with lightning and shooting against this sort of chain purist. He is standing with this just confidence and fury looking between the two of you. The, the only indecision you see on his face is which one of you to crush first. And I remember, like, we came up to about the kneecap of a frost giant. Is, is yeah. this guy about the same size or even taller? Smaller, actually. A bit smaller oh. than a frost giant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so this, you would come up to uh, almost their waist. Okay. Bree. Yeah, and both of you are around the same size, so yeah. both of you would come up to around their waist. Oh, I feel much less scared about this now. I thought this thing was like seven times the size of me. <laughs> no, no, like two of you on top of each other almost use the rooms like normal. Right. So you're saying we should Voltron together? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to force you to do it, but if you feel like that's the right thing to do, I we, won't stop you. We do have that large giant trench coat. I wonder if we could just now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm going to do uh, a side flick with this whip. Uh, it's coiled in my hand, and I kind of flick it like a like a curveball from the side, and let the uh, the whole the whole loop unfurl, and it sort of snakes out towards the, the giant. And I'm I'm flicking at his wrist. My goal is to uh, get it around his wrist, and then uh, use myself holding onto it and kind of around the edge of this statue to give him disadvantage on his next attack. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not gonna work. Uh, that is, uh, eight, nine. <laughs> nine? Yeah. Uh, the whip snakes out and, uh, you, you do sort of like feebly wrap it around its hand, but as it's moving, it just casually unfurls. The length of it, I think, is shocking. Like, this is not, this is a very long whip. Yeah. Uh, it, kind of impressive that you even hit him. It's 20 feet long. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It, is it... Sort of proportional to a giant? No, it's just a 20-foot no. whip. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So that kind of goes out, and it sort of limply wraps, and I'm like, all right, oh, okay, practice makes perfect. And uh, I'll stay ducked behind this statue. Um, and that was my action. So uh, I'm going to do uh, – you painted me a picture, but I'm going to do another perception check to see if there's any uh, sort of environmental hazards that I can kind of bring into play here. Mm-hmm. Oh, nat 20. Now, 20, um, looking around this area with a nat 20, what's the total? 31. 31, okay. Um, oh, he's standing by so a looking for, wagon of red barrels. <laughs> yeah. There's a volcano in this room? <laughs> I, I mean, looking for environmental hazards, um, you are looking around, uh, you see like the pieces of your barricade are around and, and part of it has been pushed over to the side and is kind of teetering to one edge of the giant. It looks like they just smashed it basically into two pieces. Okay. Um, so there is some difficult terrain for the giant to get around these things. But with a 31, 
I think you also see a shimmer ah. on the wall above the giant, slowly moving up towards the ceiling. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh. No, I, I, I see it. I clock it for what it is, but uh, right now a giant is swinging at me and my friend. So I'm going to clock that. And, uh, but I'm not going to mention it this turn. Okay. So you're, you've got cover. Uh, I'll say three quarters cover behind a statue because the statue is massive. Then it is the giant's turn. The giant takes the other hand from that isn't holding onto the sword, and the air starts to freeze and crackle around as it forms this javelin in the other hand, just made of wind, and is going to throw it at Bree. That is a 17 to hit. Ooh, misses. Okay. Nice. Just. So that that comes flying in. You are able to just move to the side, your tail just sparking off of it with uh, that new scaled shield that you have. And then the giant takes two steps forward and places that hand on the sword and just does a big upward swing, the sword just crackling along the ground, lightning shooting up out of it. Uh, for a 29 to hit. Yeah, that, oh. that one nails me. 19 lightning damage. Oh, gee. Oh, all right. That As it just contacts with you, the, the blade itself doesn't actually, like, cut into you. It is like there's a small force field around it. Just the lightning crackles around your body, a blinding flash in the area. Uh, as you are lifted up off the ground and just thrown to the ground by this massive hit. He looks down at you with the sword up and says, you never should have come to this place. You never should have touched what was not yours. And it's your turn, Bree. I think Bree kind of landing back down uh, with the axe over one arm. I'm going to say the other sword is just kind of scattered sideways at this point just looks up at him and instinctually calls him a traitor and giant, uh, hearing that word echoed in through the axe and charges forward, uh, basically around the side of his leg to try and get uh, to the hamstring uh, and just take a big swipe at him. Uh, I'm also going to rage as a bonus action. And if he can roll a 29, I'm going to attack recklessly. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that is a 21 to hit. That's a hit. Yes. Excellent. For the first attack and second attack is a 19, which is a critical. That's a uh, hit. So, well, a 25, but a 19. So it uh, crits on nice. that. Uh, so the first Hell one. Yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 for rage. So 11 damage from the first slice. Okay. Uh, I imagine that kind of like just takes a little... Uh, crack split open in his boot uh, as the axe comes back down in the exact same spot on the crit for for 17 damage. Yeah, so chopping into the back of the boot, uh, splitting the the leather kind of the spark shooting off of the metal reinforcements around it, again hitting that same weak spot. You feel it dig into the flesh beneath and it actually buckles a little bit almost falling to one knee. Then at the end of your turn, it holds out the hand that summoned the javelin and just pushes it towards you and you can make a strength save. Oh, cool. Vantage from rage. 
23. Nice. 23. Nice. Okay. Strength, strength saving so, throw or just a flat strength? Uh, saving. Yeah, yeah, 23. Sweet. So the hand comes towards you. You see the wind behind it starting to gather up as it just blows over the fur on your cloak. And you are pushed like two feet backwards as you just brace against this powerful gust of wind that it fires at you trying to push you away but you succeed so it's back to Rowan all right uh, that shimmer I still see it up there yep I'm gonna pull out my my flask of uh, of oil I don't have time to set up a wick for it not yet but because um, I want to use the action to throw it so I'm, I'm gonna yeah kind of do like a slide out from the statue. I've got it kind of down at the side, like a like one of those volleys, and I'm gonna be like speaking of unwanted neighbors, and I'm gonna huck it overhand and try to splash it out over uh, that creature. Okay, uh, so it would normally be disadvantage because he is invisible, but because you got the crit, you can make a normal attack. Oh, sweet. Oh, eighteen plus. Uh, oh, if I'm just throwing it, do I have do I have uh, anything? At to your decks. Yeah. Dex. Okay, so uh, that's. 18, 19, 20. That's 21. 21's a hit. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so I kind of huck that over, and I'll be like, why, why don't you aim some of your lightning up there? And yeah, the flask smashes again against this creature. So you get a better look at it now as it's just coated in oil. Uh, this one, looking like it has the eyes of this, or the face of an eyeless shark, uh, a longer snout with these big grasping jaws, but still the tentacles that you saw in the other one holding it onto the wall above as it is still crawling upwards, posi- starting to position itself above the battle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my bonus action and uh, size it up with uh, insightful fighting. Okay. Uh, oh, I only got uh, 19. 19? Uh, so I got a 16. Oh, sweet. Okay. So you, yeah, you, you have this thing sort of pinned down as it is above, climbing above the storm giant. The storm giant as you say this, like looking at the flask sailing over its head and smashing up on the ceiling, turns its head upwards away from Bree to see this thing above and says, Still you send your emissaries. It will die with these two. As it as it says that and turns, looking like it's going to form another one of these javelins, uh, the room is flooded again in green light. Rowan, the handle of the whip starts to warm and you as well start to hear this voice and it's as you look now at the giant it doesn't seem as large and intimidating you feel the fear of giants that you felt your whole life start to turn to a disgust and almost a pity (laughs) as the two of you again in your head the rumble comes out below and you understand it again to mean help each other and the creature from above jumps down onto the storm giant. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. Ben and Whom were played by Mitchell Bradbury. Bree was played by Kieran Dyke. Kara was played by Kate Clark. Rowan was played by Andy Woolridge. Star was played by Robert. Phelan was played by Evan Walsh. The World of Fadoon was created by your dungeon mom, Mike Fardy, and exists in the D&D 5e system, published by Wizards of the Coast. Our logo was created by Mike Butler, and our character art was created by Mike Fian and Brett Pye. 
Available links to the players and artists can be found in the show notes. Go check them out. We're an independent podcast supported by you, the listener. To support the show, go check out patreon.com slash wonderandblunder, leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice, and follow us on social media at wonderandblunder. Thanks for continuing to listen and spreading the word. It means the world to us. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.